Amen. Are you ready for the word of God this morning? I know that's like my standard question. But why do I always ask that? If we come with no expectation, guarantee you'll probably not receive anything. God wants to deposit something in your life this morning that will propel you forward into 2023. That's what I feel with all of my heart this morning. So I want to encourage you, listen intently, not to me, to what I pray Holy Spirit wants to speak to all of us this morning. I'm expecting him to speak to me also. Amen. Why don't we pray and then we're going to get into the word this morning. Father, I thank you this morning that your word is always true and it is always powerful and it always has a rhema word, fresh manna for us today. Even if it is a scripture we maybe have read a thousand times, this morning you want to speak something fresh. And Father, I pray that, Lord, you would help me to articulate and you would speak through me this morning because I do not know in my humanity to articulate your presence. We do not know how to speak of your presence. We can only experience it for ourselves. We can only trust you to reveal yourself to us in a way that will blow our minds, that will blow our hearts away. And my prayer this morning, Holy Spirit, is that you lead, you speak every word. Lord, anything of me to get out of the way so that you can do what only you can do. I want to pray over every brother and sister in this room under the sound of my voice watching on YouTube. Lord, would you meet them at their point of their need, at the point of their expectation, at the point of their faith and desperation in you. In Jesus' name, and almost say, amen. All right, who was here last week for our Christmas service? Okay, so if you were here last week, if you weren't here, you can watch on YouTube, but we spoke about the name of God, Emmanuel. As we read in, in Matthew, I think it was Matthew 127, yes, 123, where it says that God named himself Emmanuel. He named Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. And we spoke about the fruit of Christmas, how Christmas is not just this beautiful story of the baby in the manger. It's this powerful, powerful truth that will change our life forever if we understand that the fruit of Christmas means we have access to the presence of God 365 days of the year. You and I, when we become children of the living God, when we accept Jesus Christ, when we become born-again believers, we have immediate access to the presence of God any moment, any time, any day, all the time. I don't know about you, but to me, that's a very, very exciting good news aspect of Christmas. That means no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm experiencing, in any situation, I can close my eyes, I can immediately focus my heart and attention on the one who is in absolute control, creator of everything, and I can say, Yera come on, mut my now. And my heart's cry, I know that is Johannes' heart's cry, our heart's cry, our desire, our prayer, our petition to the Lord, as pastors, as just people, is, Lord, teach us how to be people of your presence. Teach us not to be phony Christians. 
Actually, I don't want to be a phony Christian. Teach us how to be people of your word, of your truth, of your presence. Because the Bible says that if you read the accounts of Acts and you read the accounts of the apostles and the people who had been in Jesus' presence, signs, wonders, miracles, supernatural, the kingdom manifestation followed them everywhere they went. Do we seek the Lord's presence just for manifestation, signs, wonders, miracles? No. Our first motivation and our first privilege as children of God is that we might know Him. No other religion do you have access to your God to know Him. Gaan praat bykie met a moslem. Gaan praat bykie met enige iemand anders. Buddha, wie ever. Sê, jy sê altyd die vet manniekie. Go talk to any of them. They don't have a relationship. Jesus came and died so that we can have relationship. And my heart's cry, my personal prayer to the Lord, even as I was preparing this weekend and I was preparing this week, was like, Lord, can you teach me how to operate from your presence every single day? Every single day. Because if I'm not even what God has called me to do, if I'm not going to be a person of his presence then even this, what we are doing here in church, will be no fruit, it will have no impact, it will not change one life, and it will actually be useless, <laughs> quite frankly. And even if we never do anything for the Lord, I don't know, I have this burning desire to know Him more. You know, when you're in relationship with someone, you want to know them. I want to know them. I want to know what his heartbeat is. I want to hear his voice. Huh? He's like, that's awesome. <laughs> I want to know how he thinks. Who's married? We will be a dual spouse dunk. He come on and know of. Now I can see this, this movement. Okay, you want to know someone. And the way that you get to know someone is by spending time with them. You've got to give them attention. And I feel like the, the easiest way to explain seeking God's presence, because how do you articulate that? What does it mean to seek God's presence? Again, I'm practical. Must I go sit and just, mm, must I meditate on a scripture? Must I listen to a worship song? What does that mean? What do I have to do? And I feel like the easiest explanation the Holy Spirit put on my heart is, just give me attention. That's all it is. It's giving me attention. And I can't give you attention if I can't give you time. If I give you attention, that means I'm giving you time. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, for me in my own life, if you have to cut away everything, and don't make a mistake, I love the ministry. We love what we do. We love Sundays. We love midweek. We love baptisms. We love outreach. We love all of that stuff. But if the Lord wants to take away everything that we get to do for him so that there's room for me to meet with him, then I'm okay with that. I would rather have that prayer than be so busy with the things of the Lord, but not with the Lord himself. Does anyone else feel like that? Is there, is there a desperation in anyone else? Because I'm like, if we're not going to be people of his presence, so as what more ons done? Like, Lord, we cannot go into this year without you. This, these last three years, I don't know, I feel like everyone feels the same. Eka says, Yere, I don't want that again. But the Bible says that in the last days, there will be trouble. So I don't want to go into this without 
Jesus. I don't want to go into this without being able to hear his voice. I don't want to go into this feeling like, I don't know where he is. I feel all alone. No, I want to be, I want to recognize his presence. I want to hear his voice crystal clear. I want to be so aware of his presence all around me. If I'm doing dishes, if I'm in the car in traffic, if I'm swacing, whatever it is that I'm doing, I want to be aware of his presence. That's a volunteer joke from this morning. I said to them, you know, God can be with you even if you are swicing. What is that in English? Grinding, welding. Amen. Okay, how awesome is God's presence? And we said that this year for Christmas, not that we do presents, but but may it not be a time of presence, but of his presence. Nothing wrong with the present, by all means, because spoil means it. But I want his presence more than anything. And so I want us to read a story this morning that really touched my heart. And I know it's Old Testament, but it's really, really powerful. But it's 10 scriptures. Salos amal 10 scriptures kan hanteer op die loose sondag. Come on, hierdie kerk is fix, fix in hulle woord. So why don't we go to Exodus 33. And when we start to read it, many of us will know this story. Just to give you some context, this is about Moses. And you know when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, the Israelites underneath the mountain, he was gone for so long, they started to worship another God. Okay, so the Lord was, the Lord was angry with the Israelites because they were rebelling against him. And he said to Moses, these stiff-necked people, I'm not going to go with them into the promised land because God gave them a promise. He said, I want to take you into the promised land and give you rest, but you must worship me. And so they got agitated, they got impatient, made another God to worship. Moses comes down in this horse. And so what Moses did is he took his tent and he put the tent where he used to meet with the Lord, the tent of meeting, he put it outside of the camp to separate it from the rebellious nation. And so this is where we start of Exodus 33 verse 7. And it says, now Moses used to take his own tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting of God with his own people. And everyone who sought the Lord went out to that temporary tent of meeting, which was outside of the camp. And when Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people rose and stood, every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he had gone into the tent. And when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the door of the tent, and the Lord would talk with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud stand at the tent door, and all the people rose up and worshipped, every man at his tent door. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Is that amazing? Can you imagine? That pillar represents the glory, the presence of God, and God speaks to you face to face. In the Old Testament, if you got near the presence of the Lord, you died immediately because of his glory and his majesty. Okay, so it says, speaks to his friend, Moses returned to the camp, but his minister Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the temporary prayer tent. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. So he says, Lord, you want to take us into the promised land, but I'm not going to go alone. 
like, if God gives you a word, Lord, I don't want to do this alone. I can't do what you have called me to do alone. I cannot do this. You have not told me who you're going to send with me. Vikom Saul. Yet you said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your, sh- uh, in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you. Progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving, recognizing, and understanding more strongly and clearly that I might find favor in your sight. And Lord, do consider that this nation is your people. Now, I just want to break there. Remember in the Old Testament, there had to be a mediator between God and man. So Moses was that mediator. The Israelites kept on sinning, kept on rebelling against the Lord. And so they had to perform all these rituals to, for their atonement, for them to be forgiven, for the sin to be cleansed, because sin separates us from the presence of God. And so Moses was like the high priest. Do you remember in the, in the tabernacle, but after Moses, there was a high priest? And the high priest, the mediator between God and man, was the only one that could enter into, there was three phases in the in the tabernacle, the deepest place was the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's presence was hosted. Now only, there was a curtain there, a veil. Only the high priest was allowed to go in there. If anyone else went in there, they would die immediately. So what happened when Jesus was on the cross? When Jesus was on the cross, the veil was torn, the Bible says. That veil speaks of the veil between us and God's presence. Because Jesus became the atonement. He became the sacrifice, forever sacrifice. We now have access again. Jesus became the high priest for us when we believe in him. That's why you and I have access to the holies of holies, so to speak. Does that make sense? We don't have time to go into that. That's a whole other sermon on its own. But listen to this, and this is the main scripture this morning. Verse 14, and the Lord said... My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. Verse 16, For by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinguished? I and your people from all the other people upon the face of the earth. He says, if it's not for your presence, no one is going to know that we are your people. Amen. Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have asked, for you have found favor, loving kindness, and mercy in my sight, and I know you personally and by name. That is a powerful, powerful account, and in my Bible, it's got the heading that says the promise of God's presence. And I'm using this Old Testament, and we'll, we'll go into a few New Testament scriptures, but I'm using this as an example because the same principle applied to you and I today. If his presence doesn't go with us, that is our prayer. Lord, we can't be just average people. We need to be people of your presence. God's presence is always with us, like we said last time. Last time we spoke about the omnipresence of God. Okay, number one, God's omnipresence means that He's always present, okay? Even among unbelievers, God's omnipresence all over the earth is always present. But then there is the indwelling presence. 
Number two, that is when you and I accept Jesus Christ, we become born again, we make an active decision. Remember, we're not born into the kingdom when you are born physically. You make a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, His presence comes and lives on the inside of you. So number two, we already have God's presence inside of us. But then number three, there is His manifest presence. His manifest presence is where God reveals Himself in other ways to us. And we spoke about that last week, but I want to go into four points this morning, four kingdom principles that I feel like God has journeyed with me in my own journey in seeking His presence that I need to focus on to help me to every day get into His presence. Every day be aware of His presence. Every day be aware that He is with me, that I'm never alone, And it's all based on the promise where Jesus said, I think it's Hebrews 13, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And for some of us, that's not a reality in our life. We're not sure if we believe it. We feel alone. But the Lord says, that is not the truth. I am always with you, but I do want more of you so I can reveal more of myself to you. Amen? So it's about about becoming more aware of its presence And living from that place, accessing, getting to that place every day. Okay, so number one, four kingdom principles as we see God's presence. Number one, we need to make hunger for his presence a priority. If you've been in this church for any length of time, you know we always speak about this, but hunger draws the presence of God. I'm talking about manifest presence. He's always in you, but that manifestation outside. Does that make sense this morning? You're with me, you're following me. Please pray for me that I articulate this well. The question I ask my own heart is, what priority will I place on seeking his presence in the year to come? Like we said, what priority am I gonna place on my time, on the attention that I give the Lord? That is what he's after. He's after my time. He's after my attention. Because the truth is, I think we also spoke about it this morning in our team meeting, is that what I hunger for, I will pursue. What I hunger for, I will pursue. So if I hunger for worldly success, I will pursue worldly success at any cost. There's usually a cost. If I am hungry for people's affirmation and people's, you know, yeah, yes, awesome, yes, awesome. And I'm a word of, uh, uh, but this is our love language. Words of affirmation is my love language. I love a word of affirmation. But if that is my pursuit, if I run after everyone seeking affirmation, who was it? Was it okay? No, no, no. Then that becomes my pursuit at the cost of other things. So the question is, what will my pursuit be in the next year? What am I hungry for? Because Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. They will be filled. You can cultivate a hunger for the Lord. Okay? You can cultivate a hunger for the Lord. How do we do that? Christmas devotional may be a good idea. Get off Facebook and into the book. Next in Facebook, yeah, Omar. So, okay? What do I hunger for? That's why we are fasting. That's why you have spiritual disciplines. Fasting is a place where I'm literally putting my entire being into a place where I'm seeking him. 
And you know, I cannot explain to you the benefits of God's presence. I cannot push you into God's presence. I cannot manufacture God's presence. This is something that every single son and daughter of the Lord has to make a decision for themselves and has to pursue it. And then once you, you've tasted it, once you've seen it, once you've experienced your king talking to you, I don't need to preach a sermon to you to be encouraged and hungry and thirsty for more of him because you've tasted and you've seen and you've experienced. Amen? So we need to hunger for his presence, make hunger for his presence a priority. And you know, practically, when I was preparing, even I was reminded of a friend of mine that, yes, she loves the Lord. She runs an NGO. She's very, very busy. Six days a week, she's working. Sunday, she serves all Sunday in pastoral care in church. So I don't know when she rests, but she's not married. She doesn't have children. So she works full out and she serves the Lord full out. And you know what's ministered to me really amazingly when we started church as well is that every single morning she gets there an hour before her staff. She's got about 15 staff members, I think, 15, 16, 17. She gets there before everyone into the office. She puts on her worship music and she starts to pray. And she takes her anointing oil and she anoints every single chair of her staff. She anoints the chairs in the boardroom. And she says, Lord, may your presence guide us today. May every single phone call, every single, and she works with government. She works in education. You can now imagine the resistance in the spirit, the things that they have to deal with. But that's her practice. She said, I felt like as a leader of this organization, I am responsible to set the spiritual atmosphere in this place. And that ministered to me so much. Like, you know, if, whether we are leaders of this church, whether you're a leader in your home, a leader of your business, you, seeking the presence of God, can set the spiritual atmosphere in that place. This is especially important if you are working in the world. If you are working in the world, you need the presence of God more than anyone because that is your ministry field. This is where God wants to do things. This is where God wants to use you, but you are going to need the presence of God. You're going to need to hear his voice. We all do, wherever we are. We're going to need those times when we need to make decisions, difficult decisions. We need wisdom. We need clarity. We need direction. The only place we're going to find it is in the presence of God. That's it. You know, when you're a, when you're a dad, when you're a mom, leading your family, leading your children, who knows parents, who feels like they need... They need supernatural wisdom every single day to raise these children. You're only going to find it in the presence of the Lord. And you know, the presence of the Lord is not always this place where I just have to come to church and I need to sit here for an hour and now I feel like strengthened. You can be in the presence of the Lord in your car. You can be while you're making coffee. Um, you can be as you're traveling on the airport, Vatoko, any customs, right? Wherever you are, you can close your eyes. And you can focus your attention on him and remind your heart, Jesus, you are with me. Lord, I pray that you will speak to me. Give me an answer to this situation. I want to know that you are with me. And you fat need a minute. I want to challenge all of us, even over the holidays. Opie Beach, I'm going to do this. Lord, please come and speak to me. You are here with me right now. Come and be with me. We have that access. This is amazing. Honestly, I'm like, Lord, take us there, please. Number two, 
principles when we talk about seeking God's presence is we need to humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord. This, I do believe, is very, very important. The Bible says this. Why don't you go to James 4, verse 10? James 4, verse 10. You can look on the screen or in your Vision notes. It says, humble yourselves, feeling very insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your lives significant. There is something about humility that attracts the presence of God like nothing else. You know, in the Bible, in Numbers, I think it is Numbers 12, verse 3. I didn't put it up on the screen. Numbers 12, verse 3. There's a very interesting passage where it speaks about Aaron and Miriam, Moses' uh, sister, and they started complaining. Moses had hulle nou geirriteer, want hy het met a kushmite vrou getrouw. So they were annoyed. He was the leader. They started speaking behind his back against him and said, well, if God can speak to him, surely God can speak to us. And they were whining and complaining and grumbling against the leader. And the Lord was very angry towards them. And he said, who are you to speak against my servant? And the Bible says in Numbers 12 verse 3 that Moses was the most humble man on the earth ever. The most humble man. And I believe there is something about humility that attracts the presence of God. There is something about humility that keeps our heart in a place of sensitivity to hear His voice, to experience Him tangibly, when we keep ourselves humble. And yes, I believe the God, oh, the God, God can do anything in our hearts, but the Bible actually says in 1 Peter 5 verse 6, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. That means you and I have to make a decision to let pride go. Because pride will be a stumbling block to me engaging with the Lord, with His manifest presence. He's in me for sure. But what I recognize, what I hear, what I experience, pride will block that. And I was like, Lord, I want to check my own heart. What is going on in my own heart? How can I recognize pride? Because pride is the one thing that we do not want to hang on to. And pride is also the most difficult thing to detect in our hearts. And some things that was on my heart as we speak about pride. The Bible says the opposite of humility is pride. If we don't humble ourselves under God's hand, we will oppose Him and His presence. Things like pride could be a critical spirit. I'm constantly critical of fellow believers around me, and I'm not just critical about them, I'm even judging them. And I think that their sin is way bigger than mine. You know, that's like a critical spirit, that's pride. Excessive fault-finding. No one can ever do anything right except me. Harsh spirit. We speak about other sins with contempt, frustration, or judgment. Something like being self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. In other words, I can take care of everything myself. I don't actually need the Lord. That's a spirit of pride. We need Jesus for everything. I don't need God and I don't need the church. Puppy, that's pride. Self-focused. Everything is always about me. I can't focus on others because everything is about me, day in and day out. I'm defensive. I'm hard to admit guilt. I struggle to apologize if I'm in the wrong. 
I desire to receive credit or acknowledgement from other people. I feel superior over other people. I'm easily offended. I'm oversensitive. I'm unaccountable. No one can keep me accountable for my actions or for my decisions. I don't want to submit to any authority or I just feel sorry for myself seven days a week. Those are just some of the things. But I don't want to go into all of that. I just want to say my prayer for myself is, Lord, keep my heart in a sensitive place that if there's any pride in me coming out, make me aware of it so that I can go into your presence. Don't, be, don't let pride be a stumbling block for me, Lord. And I believe even praying that prayer, Lord, take, an, take account of my heart, examine my heart, is a prayer of humility. Because if I don't even want to pray that prayer, that means pride is my stumble block. So I believe that is a real powerful principle. Humility is a decision that we make to think and act differently. It's not an emotion we feel. Practicing God's presence will actually purify me in everything that I do. If there's something that I'm constantly struggling with, maybe there's an addiction I can't break. Maybe there's something in my habits, something that I'm just struggling with no matter how hard I try and we all have something. You know, my hand's up. You know what will break that? You know what will bring clarity to that? Is seeking the presence of the Lord. It's in God's presence you'll find freedom. It's in God's presence we'll find healing. It's in God's presence we'll find direction. It's in His presence that we'll find wisdom and discernment. And so that's my prayer, that we will be people of His presence. Because His presence is transformational. Second last point, number three, when we enter into His presence, it is with thanksgiving and with praise. This is huge. Praise and thanksgiving is the spiritual front door of his presence. Let's have a quick look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100, verse 1 to 4. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. In other words, every nation. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Why do you think we always open with praise and worship? We want to go into his presence. Know, perceive, recognize, and understand with approval that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, not ourselves. We are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Verse 4 is so key. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering and into His courts with praise. Be thankful and say so to Him. Bless and affectionately praise His name for, and this is very important, what if I have nothing to thank God for? What if nothing in my circumstances are going according to my prayers? The Bible says praise and thanksgiving has nothing to do with my circumstances. It has all to do with who He is. That's why it's important to know Him. I can't praise a God I don't know. Otherwise, it's a ritual I'm mimicking from other Christians. Why do I praise Him? For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues through each generation. The gates to the city and the courts were the open spaces in front of the tabernacle. It is the front door to enter into his presence. When you're in a difficult situation, all you need to do is close your eyes and say, Lord, I thank you that none of this is news to you. Het is gewoonlik my gebed is al so'n krisis hier opdaag. Jere, dankie. You've got this. Even if you don't feel like you believe it, you speak it. Because that is the truth. Sometimes we need to speak the truth over what we see and experience in the natural. Not sometimes, always. 
Amen. As you know, make it one point Can we do one more point? Hallelujah. I don't want anyone's chicken to burn. Okay, number four. In God's presence, we will find rest. We spoke about rest also. I feel like I've been preaching on all of these topics all year. So it's come together full circle. Exodus 33:14 says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Let's have a look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. last scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease, relieve, and refresh your souls. I don't know about you, but this was a heavy year, and in many ways I feel overburdened. And the Lord is speaking to me in this last month to take this time and spend it with Him as much as I can so that He can refresh my soul, so that He can give me rest. I'm not talking about a merach slapi. I'm talking about inner rest in my heart, peace, rest in my mind. Those anxious, fearful thoughts, some of us are already freaking out about what everyone's predicting on the petrol price and the economy and the this and the that and elke profeet, that and that. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to stay in your presence because in your presence there is peace and there is joy. I'm not going to be upset about what's going to happen in 2023 because his presence will go with me. Does it mean everything will be smooth sailing? We'll never have a problem? Most probably not. But the Bible also says, when my God is with me, I can scale any wall. And you are a child of the mighty God. And he will not send you into this year alone. Amen? But he wants you to be with him. He's with you, but are we with him? That's the question. Amen? What does rest mean? The Strong's defines it as to rest, to settle down, to be soothed, to be quieted, to be secure to be still and to dwell peacefully. The answer for all the stress, the anxiety, the fear, the issues of life lies in his presence. Even if the problem is not solved, my heart comes in alignment to his peace. And I just believe that's our answer, church. I don't have a, a deeper word for you this morning. I don't have a more theological uitruk van die woord verochend. I just have a reminder for our hearts this morning, it's his presence. Whatever your question is this morning, I want to say with all the confidence I have in him, it's in his presence. That's your answer. It's in his presence. Amen? Why don't you stand this morning? I want to pray for us this morning, but I first want to pray for a particular group of people. Why do we always do this? You can close your eyes this morning. Just take another moment to focus on His presence. We always want to take a moment when we are gathered together to give an opportunity if there is anyone in this room and you've actually never made that decision. 
you've never said, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you, Jesus. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. You've got a Bible in your house. You've heard about Jesus. You, everyone else around you says they're Christians and they're believers and unless Jesus freaks, but you've never had that experience with the Lord. You've never made an active decision where you believed in your heart that when he died on that cross, he died also for you. It's always a story that's far away, but it's never your truth and your reality. We want to pray for you this morning. And I want, to, I want to encourage you, if you've never made that decision, don't let this moment go by. Because the Bible says that all of us were born sinners and the wages of sin is death. That means if I never accept Jesus Christ, this side of eternity, in other words, before Jesus comes back, I will not have eternal life with Jesus. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And if I don't accept Jesus, I'm not in eternal life with Jesus. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if there is anyone here and you've never made that decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want you, if you want to make that decision today, I want you to just gently raise your hand because I just want to pray a prayer with you. No one's looking around, so you don't have to be focused on people. But I just felt like there was someone here this morning who's never made that decision. You've never had someone pray with you to receive Jesus and to receive His Holy Spirit. You'll never be able to walk in His manifest presence without that. So if there's anyone here this morning, I'm just going to give one more chance if you want to raise your hand so I can see it. I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Okay, I really felt like there was someone here. If that was you, I want to encourage you after the service, please come to, to Johannes or myself, and we want to pray for you. Amen. And then I want to pray for a second group of people. Actually, I want to pray for all of us. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven this morning? And can I lead us in a prayer this morning? Lord Jesus, we love you this morning. Thank you that you died for us so that we can have access to you. We can experience your presence every single day. Jesus, I ask you today, to please open my eyes, to open my spiritual ears, to make me aware of your presence every single day. Every situation currently in my life that I feel a weight of, that's a burden in my life, I give that back to you today. And I ask you to give me your true rest. Teach me how to hunger for your presence. Help me to schedule my time so you are my priority. Because if I stay in you, I can be the person you've called me to be. Let this Christmas and these holidays be the most intimate time 
with you I've ever had. I recommit my heart to you today. Let your presence go before me and I will follow you. Thank you, Lord, that I can just pray a blessing over our church this morning and over everyone listening online. And Father, we thank you that your word promises us that your presence will go before us. And Lord, we just want to say, Father, that we want to be people of your presence. And Father, I pray that as all of us go, as we close our service today and we all go our separate ways and we have time with family, we have time to rest, maybe we have time by ourselves, wherever we find ourselves, would you manifest and show yourself to us afresh? Lord, everywhere that we go, would you speak through your spirit? Lord, would you lead us into encounters to change spiritual atmosphere around us? Lord, to witness of your goodness to maybe someone who doesn't know you. Lord, would you lead us to pray for sick people we encounter? Lord, even if we are camping or if we are on holiday, Lord, would we, I pray that we will be carriers of your presence everywhere that we go. Let it not just be contained to a Sunday morning right here, but Lord, I pray that you will commission us this morning. Let us be your agents and representatives everywhere that we are going. Lord, I pray that we will come back with powerful testimonies of how you used us, of how you showed yourself to us, of how we were just so aware of you in this season. And Father, I pray that you would raise us up as a church that will be known for your presence. We love you so much. We honor you, Lord. We thank you. We praise your name because you are good all the time. And I pray a blessing and protection over everyone in this room. Lord, will you protect them everywhere they go? Would you bring them back safely? And I pray that we will just have an awesome time of rest. We will come back refreshed in the new year, ready to bring the kingdom in this place. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Awesome.